Hi, um, this, I'm Han from Very Handsome Studio. Uh, and I'm V with Very Handsome Studios. And um, our, our studio is basically really, really small. Uh, boutique design firm in Houston, Texas. And um, we majorly or primarily focus on residential and hospitality-based projects. Nice. So what was one of your, your most recent projects you always worked on? Um, so because we were very, very uh, early stages of the company, nothing really built fully yet, but we are having three restaurants that are opening. Sorry about that. I'm listening. Oh, no worries. Uh, we have three restaurants that are opening soon. Uh, we have a burger, a smash burger um, in the concept of a bodega, basically bringing a New York bodega here. Uh, we have a seafood Italian restaurant called Azuro coming within the Woodlands area of Houston. And then we also have a uh, Bikini style bar that's attached to a uh, hand roll concept uh, omakase style restaurant. Um, so all three are really exciting uh, concepts that are currently in construction and we're knocking on wood until the moment they open their doors. So. <laughs> Well, let's start with the speakeasy. What you, what's the um, motivation or inspo behind that? Uh, so the speakeasy was interesting. Um, our client, are essentially, they're very male-centric. And their one request when they came to us is, can you make a really attractive space where women want to go? <laughs> and so we're like, not sure what that means. Uh, and they're just like, well, realistically, bars, um, if you have a high number of females, the males will come. And so that is a very, you know, straightforward business model from them and they no harm in asking. And so um, we didn't want to just make it a pretty space um, because that is everywhere. And, you know, the concept of pretty has kind of become a little lost, a little loose over the last couple of years. Um, so we didn't want to just make a trendy space, but kind of build off of a storyline of some sort. And so uh, together we studied some concepts with them and we decided on a fantasy uh, Alice in Wonderland style uh, look for the space. And so, I mean, um, it's a little topsy-turvy. It's a little pink. There's a lot of flying cranes in the sky and some growing flowers on the on the floor. Um, I don't know. We're excited. Hopefully you'll see it soon. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it sounds really fun as well because like the new world order we're in is all about crypto and NFTs and Bye. everyone being expressive and um, delving into different colors. So with this space with Alice in Wonderland, what, what, what are some of your color palettes you guys chose for that? Um, so we really dove hard uh, into the pinkish palette um, just because they were like, well, girls really love pink. They, you know, that's, we got it. But of course, it's too much pink becomes a lot. Um, and so what we did was we took several shades of that color scheme, color palette, and we ranged from sort of like an eggplant purple all the way to a really, really um, fairy tale pink magenta and we just shaded it so very interesting monochromatic space and um, gold accent details throughout nice that sounds like a beautiful space and at this actual speakeasy yeah. are they going to be doing anything else besides serving up sips would they be having like uh i guess they have 
some kind of promotions they'll be doing there. A lot of these speakeasies nowadays are doing um, barber shops, like mm-hmm. Blind Barber. There's another concept in um, LA called Anuku. Mm-hmm. And, they're, and they're the same kind of style. They, they're like a networking incubator type space, clubhouse. Are they gonna, is, is it gonna have a theme to it like that as well? It's just straight up speakeasy bar. Um, so it actually is a side accompaniment to a like sushi hand roll concept. And that's their main sort of like um, restaurant concept. Uh, the speakeasy kind of comes as a supporting role, um, which is kind of why they wanted it as a speakeasy anyways, because they didn't want that to be the glitz and glamour. People always go there for that. Um, it's sort of like a hidden gem situation. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, Houston hasn't really caught up yet to the multi-diverse, uh, several concept in one situation for our spaces. Like, we have so much land. Everyone's just like, just build a new building, you know? Why we got to put two things in one? So <laughs> hopefully we'll get there someday and then we'll be able to diversify our spaces. Or you'll be surprised because you're in Houston. The Houston Chronicle is not, is not a newspaper to mess with. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then you guys have like the best, like the best nightlife for sure. The most diverse, multicultural after hours, the oh, best, yeah. cheapest drinks ever. <laughs> so you're right now. So where where is this space going to be in? And where do you guys primarily work out of? And how far are you from the spaces you work from? Because um, I know I, I'm a fan of some of the areas. I'm a fan of Sugarland. Mm. Um, and also some of the other areas like um, Squid of the Spring. Um, yes. So we're, how close and far are you guys from those t- um, places? Um, so we are at the center of Houston. This is where we work. We work in the downtown area uh, at a co-working space called Spaces. Um, and that particular project happens to be in uh, sort of like in between the medical center area and um, Rice Village. Um, so that's a really well populated, uh, financially stable area, shopping center magnet situation. And so, I mean, it's exciting that we have a project there, but we do have, you know, projects all over the place. Like we mentioned, there was one um, in the Woodlands that Han's working on right now. Mm-hmm. And that one is approximately like a 45 minute drive uh, if the traffic gets lucky. So. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, whatever comes our way. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. I know downtown Houston used to have some... Um, people spoke about how creative it was, but also how it was experiencing some situations or symptoms of homelessness and downtroddenness. Is it getting better out there? Did it get a little bit... Um, what, is it challenging to be in that area with the whole pandemic and the... You know, this monkey process, it's like they're going from East Coast to West Coast, and they're going to cross eventually. So I guess we'll all have COVID pops. How is that? Is it, is it still the same? Is it still artsy? Is it still a lot of energy down there? Um. So what's interesting about our downtown in particular is it shuts down after six. So not a lot of things happening post six, unless you're really just trying to hit bars and, and clubs, you know. Um, but of course, because of the pandemic, uh, Houston downtown kind of died quite a bit. A lot of businesses closed and a lot of restaurants couldn't handle, you know, the lack of um, clientele. And so um, 
uh, we're in between a weird transition. A lot of restaurants are also popping up uh, within the downtown area, but it's also not as occupied as it used to be. Um, everybody works at home now. You know, the work from home movement is very strong. And so many people kind of cleared out their offices or they just downsized. Um, and, you know, being an area that only mostly supports uh, corporate life, you know, that's a really big hit for our downtown space. Um, but, you, you know, that actually is our advantage because we got the space for a lot cheaper than it probably would have been before the COVID pandemic. So, you know, win some, you lose some. Mm -hmm. That's awesome that you have that great um, attitude right now because we all use that attitude right now. <laughs> Especially the Friday and TJF. Okay. But I mean, yeah, that's awesome. So now that you guys are in this space emotionally and I guess financially, we're all in like a little bit of a turmoil. Then we get like a high and it's a low and it's like a, it's kind of like a storm, so to speak, <laughs> tempestuous at times. But one thing's for sure is that I noticed that um, this is a great time for people, like you said, that, that want to delve into the restaurant industry. And then because leases are, there's so many available, it is, um, it makes it easy for people to find a space for their business. Are you, what, what types of influxes besides the ones you mentioned or categories of business have you guys noticed, um, you know, aside from what you already mentioned, are you seeing as well? Um, so honestly, restaurant is at its peak right now. So I don't, you probably know Houston has Houston Restaurant Week every August. Um, last year's list was sad. It was very little, but it almost tripled in size this year with most of those names being new up and coming restaurants. Um, and what's also interesting is sort of uh, like apartment uh, or multi-living. Um, a lot of sort of like quick housing, town housing, apartment complexes have been majorly uprise, um, especially within the East downtown area, which uh, pre-pandemic was not occupied at all, really. Um, we kind of deemed that as the danger zone before, um, just because it was quite underdeveloped. And now because of, you know, everybody's need to stay home everybody's needs to move to houston because of our like lower econ economic life um you know housing has just boomed here so food and housing is basically if you need it come to houston apparently <laughs> <laughs> all right we all see what's going on in austin that's amazing for oh, austin too yeah that's crazy like their price the prices for rent and mortgages are like what like is this California? Yeah, I mean, basically, <laughs> 2.0. Right. I'm like, so, um, so, what, 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 I guess, what normally inspires some of your, um, your design acumen or your design details when you are doing a project versus, I mean, back, with, I guess, what's, what, what, what normally, yeah, what's your normal regimen or routine when you're working on a, a rendering versus now? Is there a big difference? Because I'm sure you're different emotionally than you were before, right? And we know that with designers, you know, our surroundings actually, you know, they inspire, they actually provoke us to, you know, to do certain things. So so what's what's different then versus now in, in, the, in the designer you've become or the interior designer you've become? 
I'm not sure specifically in design the difference or you know uh, in change in terms of like the process, but I guess um, you know like the whole COVID thing happened. Now we're trying to like define the meanings of a lot of things, right? And I mean that still stay true to us is that whatever whenever we design, we really trying to find the stories that we want to tell, how we want to transcend those story through our designs and details, and you know and also tell the part of uh, our client too. Our client all comes to us with their exciting. Story. Stories and stuff, and we want them to engage and um, and also, you know, deliver the vision through through our design. And I think we still stay true to that. Do you agree with that? And can you also, I guess, can you tell us a little bit about your ethnicity and your cultural background and how you guys fell into the world of design? I think it's so interesting because looking at you two, you're like 10-year-old babies. Oh, <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. So I, t- I did everything I could to research you. And it's, you know, there's so much information about you guys and it's so cool. Okay, it's, really? Yeah, I was researching and I was like, Jesus. Hopefully, so good like, thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, it's all really good. It's talking about how you guys, um, you, you, you know, you create these, you create these whimsical moments. And I, and I think you guys also, uh, do baby rooms or kids play rooms? Uh, academies. Okay. Academies. Ooh. Yes. Ooh. Okay. So let's talk about that. When you're designing an academy, what actually is, does that entail? Because doesn't it have a, I mean, don't you have to listen to the teachers in the curriculum? And So Han actually has a major background in academics and she did like K through 12 uh, for five plus years um, corporately. So she'll She's the expert in that, actually. <laughs> well, I I was very lucky to, you know, like meet a lot of school district people, like all the professor, all the PhD people who are so, so passionate about how they want to change the education world and how they can, you know, like um, improve the way or like inspire the kid to learn and getting excited. <laughs> And so a lot of our um, client come to us when they started an academy project. It's like they have a, such a beautiful ideas, how they want to change the world, how they want to inspire all the young kids. And all that exciting ideas, you know, we, we, they work with us and we we trying to really help them um, trans, transcend all of that through a design space. Um, I feel like when it's come to academy, it's more about design experience because the teachers, they really want to create a certain experience and want the kids to go there and really engage. And so trying to create the design space where it's beautiful, but it's also engaging and make you exciting and to explore things every single day is something is different from, you know, hospitality design or, you know, retails or residential. Yeah, it's all about keeping the the young people engaged, right? <laughs> or do, when you designed that space, did you guys have in? Did you put what kind of tech did you put into the space? Is there any kind of technology or innovations that you added into the space to aid the teachers at the academy? Yeah, so we do notice the trends where, you know, like the technology is such a huge thing nowadays. So a lot of teachers are really um, interested in engaging more interactive, uh, interactive learning. So a lot of technology now support interactive where um, not, not our, our normal um K to 12 before right now is more engaging, more exciting. And the kid can just go in there and be, you know, um, they can be, they can control what they learn. Basically, they if they want to learn anything, they can just you know be control of that and choose what they want to learn that day. 
Cool. Yeah, that's awesome. And did you guys integrate any like iHome type things? Is Alexa going to be there? Are the kids going to be able to talk to like Google Assistant? Are they going to be able to use their stylus and write on stuff like I'm doing? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not there yet. We're we'll not let the kid uh, be from Google, uh, talk to a series and place order just yet. <laughs> right. That's awesome. And so when you're doing the academy and when you do any of these projects, what are some of the things that, I guess, what are your daily um, inspirations that you gather from some of these projects um, when you're working on them? Um, for Academy, I can speak to, you know, Academy since you were been asking about that. I feel like because, you know, like for school nowadays, the, uh, we, we really think about the nature and engaging kid going back to, you know, um, not just learning in the, the built environment, but also have to be considerate of the environment outside of the classrooms. And so a lot of inspiration that we uh, notice nowadays, teacher really want to have the design that's bring it outside, inside, uh, bring a lot of nature inside and a lot of inspiration draw from that as well. Oh, cool. Like an outdoor, I guess like an outdoor indoor park. Like, does that, does that, do you guys have like trees in there? Is it like a walkway? I knew it. Yeah, <laughs> they, they spent a lot of money of paying, uh, you know, the design landscape that bring, you know, a beautiful landscape and a lot of activities now. So then the kid also get excited when, you know, there was time when they can go out and play, not just- And, so they, and, they, and, they, and they're engaged and they want to go to school now because they're like, I get to see Smokey the Bear or I get to go, <laughs> run, you know, yeah, I've seen one of those. They're oh my god! I was playing with everything when I went to one of those, um, those outdoor indoor um, activities. Or they call them adventure centers too. Yeah. Um, a lot of uh, Detroit has one on the riverfront. Oh. But yeah, yeah on the Riverwalk. Yeah, I sure do outdoor adventure stuff. I'll get it for you later. But yeah, <laughs> it's there. Um, so what made you two want to delve in separately? I was going to ask you separately. Um, you can add, you know, you, you can decide who goes first. But what made you want to become an interior or architectural, um, take this career path rather? Because she's been she's been on a roll. <laughs> well, I guess um, I think it was started when I was in you know seventh grade, eighth grade, where um, the house that we lived in there. I was I'm from Vietnam, so you know like back then house they don't really. Uh, have a lot of window so most of my house that I live in are so dark and gloomy and so sad <laughs> and so um, a lot of my, my brother usually brought home like a lot of magazine and uh, architecture magazine and I was like so uh, excited and I really want to you know design my own room and that's excitement from there you know that drew up to the ambitions or like the dreams of becoming a designer where I can create a happy space where I can enjoy and you know also create a happy space for others as well. What were some of the magazines do you remember in those magazines or layouts that, um, that you can share with us? I think that's um, it's an interior design magazine. It's like a pu monthly publication from Singapore. So because back then, a lot we, still we, is. Oh, still there. Oh, awesome. <laughs> What's amazing? Singapore, Singapore is like you are right now. Singapore is like the richest city in the yeah. world. Beautiful. There's a whole movie about it. <laughs> I saw that too on the way on the way back from Singapore. Oh, oh really? Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Singapore is like breathtaking. I mean, I've been to Bali and I lived in Jakarta for about 
five and a half, six months. Oh, but to actually go to Singapore, and I've been to Cambodia. Haven't been to Vietnam yet. It's very but, close. Uh, it's very close. <laughs> they're right now. They're very next door. Right? <laughs> but Vietnam and Cambodia are so like this is it's breathtaking because you, the people that live there, they're so happy yes. just to be alive. Like, you know, we're in the city, then I'm in New York right now and I'm only in LA and I go back and forth. It's like, I'm like, can I, huh? you know, you hear trees and people, to, you know, it's just a whole nother world when you're in Cambodia, you can go, there's like forests, you can go hiking, you can go, you know, swimming. I mean, right now, a lot is happening with the oceans and they're being over polluted, but Overall, I still feel like the quality of life seems much simpler than in America and a lot of other more bustling um, countries. So, um, oh, and you, what oh. inspired you? <laughs> um, okay, so kind of similar, I guess, way, way, way in my youth. Uh, I came here when I was seven and my mom's first job as an American is a realtor. So she always brought me along, a lot of open houses, a lot of rentals, a lot of you know, not so great homes. And so, you know, after you see so many, the first thing you kind of want to do is just like, how do I improve this space? Like, it's just missing a lot. You know, how do people want to buy this? And I think as a standard of life in Houston, you know, you just settle for what's there. Like, it's not very high, especially aesthetically, design-wise. We don't really have the same expectations as New York or L.A., because the competition isn't uh, major, you know? Um, and so it kind of became this thing where every time I was waiting for her for three hours at an open house, I would just be like drawing out, you know, like, oh, we'll put this here. It's gonna be better this way. Right, and so because of that, and then, you know, a lot of HGTV, of course, you know, not allowed to watch the adult channels, but the cooking channel, HGTV, got it covered. Um, and then I think from then, I only had that career goal in mind. Like there was absolutely nothing else to consider. I didn't try anything else. It was just like, all right, I'm just gonna beeline to that. And if it fails, then oh well, you know. Do you do you do you two? Um, it's just a, it's a very interesting line we have to walk nowadays because a lot of young people are going to college right now. And they're not learning any skills. Right. They're not learning any vocation, whereas a lot of the other schools, like some of the ones you guys attend and some of the fine arts, they're actually learning about space and, you know, use of space and how to, um, you know, and how to uh, fulfill certain parts. And, you know, there's different feng shui, there's different studies and rules of thumb. Do you feel that your college educations um, in, in the world of design were needed? for you to have this career path? Um, I don't think we're that ambitious. I know a lot of people are just like, we're gonna save the world with our career path. But you know, we're just like, this is kind of what we're good at sometimes, Kisha. <laughs> let's just, just try this, I guess. Um, but even talking about school, not, not even talking about K through 12, but let's even talk about college. Like students aren't learning the same skill sets as we used to. Um, we were lucky and unlucky to be in between that transition, especially in architecture school, which we both went to the same school. Um, so 
I can kind of attest a little bit. Uh, but we were in the transition of the technical versus the creative. And so for our first couple of years, we had some very rigid sort of, you know, they are the OG professors of the school and they want to drill in, you know, how to draft, you know, how to read plans, how to do everything that is technical. Um, but the first couple of years, you're 18, you want to cool, do cool things. You're not going to sit there and draw line by line and do it again and not understand, you know, what line weight um, but then as the later years come, you know, the school started to get fresh professors, younger, they know better technology, they understand parametrics, you know, and so they implement all of these sort of different ways of thinking and creating and, and um, designing that is definitely not available to whoever was an architect or a designer pre-2000. And so um, we were kind of into the inner mix of that. So we at least knew that there were technical skills in demand. But the struggle transitioning from academics to, to professional life was really tough um, because our skill sets were not honed. Um, you know, we didn't learn the certain things that we needed to in order to be really professional. So we really had like a quick growth lesson the moment we had our first jobs and we were just like oh my god much tougher and then you know going back to school now talking to a lot of our old professors um, we're discovering the current kids these days have none of that professional skills at all you know it is entirely based upon um, design thinking conceptualization you know, theories, parametrics, and now there's also the implementations of AI, which completely builds an entirely new understanding of how creativity works. And so from that, I don't know how those students kind of will graduate and will they? I don't know. Is it going to be like a blossoming of this profession or is it going to be changed completely? I don't know. It will be interesting to see. Well, I, I mean, I definitely think it's going to be a blossom of your profession. And I, um, what you said makes, you know, makes great sense because a lot of architects in the program at Cornell, I went to Cornell for labor law and business. A lot of the architects of that program, I was like, when are you going to graduate? They've been in that program for like seven, eight years. I'm like, get oh, out of here. <laughs> they didn't sleep. They probably haven't slept for seven years. Yeah. <laughs> and then they like, and then they have to do be a, it's like an apprenticeship or something. It's like a whole process. And I'm like, this is crazy. And then we have another team member that's, that's um, formerly with SCAD. And it's the same kind of like concept, but it's more interior. But what I think was great about your program is that you guys are learning how to draw things to scale and you learn about materials and it's like a science behind it. And right. now, like you mentioned, you have to do a lot of, of your own homework and a lot of your own um, your own research with, you know, watching Property Brothers, you know, <laughs> you know, sometimes, you know, some, yeah, I feel like I have the whole show um, memorized and I always know it's going to happen at the end. You know, granted, it's always you know, the same. We're always anticipating. I don't know. Every once in a while, you know, they, they surprise me with like, okay, granted, this and that. It's like now that, but now the creativity has a, has risen. So people like yourself, you are inspired by, and in, in, in your upbringing is like, it's Southeast Asia and all the, you know, the culture. You, you know, to me, design is like we design our food, we design our bodies, we design music. So for you guys, you guys are like. You're bringing so much texture and, and um, to that world of Houston. Do you, do you feel like you guys are starting to make a, um, a name for yourself, so to speak? 
Okay, we're really bad about talking about ourselves, especially in understanding of where we are. Um, but I don't know. We are complaining every day. We're very much like stressing out, like, why aren't we millionaires yet? Someone tell me why. But you know, at the end of the day, you go to sleep, we're going to reflect with each other. We'll text each other and just be like, oh my gosh, we've gotten so far. Um, what, after a year and a half, we're 20 something projects in, even if a lot of them are concepts, we have three opening within the same month. Um, and those projects aren't really small renovations. They're completely turnaround designs. And we own those concepts. We own those elements that we placed in and the, the, we, you know, something about us and how we approach the design must have touched our clients enough for them to believe in us and allow us to you know be in control of how it's going to be built and so that in itself is absolutely a blessing i know a lot of people who started 10 years back at where we are they probably were selecting furniture for housing you know they probably didn't get their first hospitality projects until five years in and at that point they still didn't lose that creativity and so i can definitely at least attest to the fact that we are very blessed and have gotten a lot further in where we are than we originally anticipated yeah i don't know about have making a name though i don't I don't know. Twenty-one projects in a year and a half. It's like Jesus. Okay. Oh my lord, that's amazing! And you have such an array of projects. I was looking at, and I was like, "Stop and school, bar, dive bar." I know. Talk about like, being flexible. It's like, every, it's like every day is a different day with you all. With oh, yeah, you, yeah, with yeah, you ladies. Is, that is. Um, in terms of elements and and accoutrements and spaces. Are you guys making some of these by hand or using, are you recycling or using sustainable? I want to know about that. Like, um, Well, a lot of things we design, we, spec- we specify. I, I think like most of, a lot, some of your projects, you have to create something for the client, right? For the, um, so, I mean, we, we, we start from a computer. I mean, everything is generated mm-hmm. through, you know, like a system, like we use SketchUp which is our 3D program, and then we render, we, we almost always want to provide a rendering visualization for our clients. Um, most, all actually, all the client, all the projects on a website are renderings that we do in-house, um, just us, mm-hmm. uh, because it helps us and the client understand what we're trying to portray. Um, unfortunately, you know, three-dimensional model making, you know, touch field, that doesn't really, we don't have the time for that, and not a lot of people appreciate that, especially in Houston, and so, we don't, uh, but when it comes to, you know, budget friendly options, that's when we DIY some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's the most you can do, I think. I mean. So what was, okay, so I, by the way, I love those types of projects and I love when designers and architects like yourself, you'll see a piece of like an old lamp and then a bunch of light fixtures. And- oh. You know, some glad bloom, yeah. you know, balls, and, and you mix and match and you sew it together and put some wires over here. I right. think that's beautiful and I think that's amazing, especially when people do that kind of, um, when they put that personal touch and you can feel it, you can feel it in a space. And I feel like the feeling of a space when I walk in, that's when I, I can tell the person put some love into it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, um, so when you, when you spoke of that, 
what was the most interesting piece that you guys designed? Because I, I could just see it. I could just see it. <laughs> I could just see like all kinds of Right now, I think our, I, okay, so it hasn't happened yet. There is a pre-plan for this, but it will be 100% that sort of, we're going to be there and do some of that stuff. But um, for the speakeasy that we previously mentioned, the idea is to have a monochromatic eggplant based color field of flowers and that doesn't just happen right you can't just go out and buy like 500 stems of grass that is the same color um or 800 stems of flowers at a different color but how the variation is exactly the same so we're gonna have to work with carpenter and actually get it spray painted we'll probably hand pick the different types of flowers we'll mix real and not real and mm -hmm. just hand make that and then we have a sea of frames that's going to float on the top which we're gonna probably just have to sit there and fold a lot of them <laughs> by hand <laughs> and so I, I can already see that being the biggest baddest worst DIY situation we're gonna have mm. to encounter um yeah that sounds like that's a big feat is that gonna be a focal point um yeah. I, I just is it gonna be the center of the room of this of the space is it gonna be um it's like a what seven feet long and like five feet wide hallway but on the ceiling and that, that whole ceiling is going to be covered by like millions of like small, big, middle-sized paper cranes um, that kind of hang. That sounds beautiful. Really beautiful. I, saw, I just went to another place. I saw somebody hang, I guess it was like a, like a, a bunch of these like orchids that were cascading from the from the stem and it was like it was lit and recess lighting and it just looked so stunning. And I didn't even want to leave that place. I was like, I'm not going to <laughs> <laughs> but those kind of places they make it they make an impression and it also becomes almost like an activation wall or an engagement right yes yeah. um and, and you know what it's funny that you mentioned that nine out of ten clients are just like we need an influence wall we need an act like an interactive wall like, yes instagram wall. they always say instagram wall but i'm like no no the whole thing is an Instagram space. That's mm -hmm. the that's what we tell them. It's like the whole point is for you to like this space and not just one wall. Yes. You know. And how handy are you, ladies, on on the um? Because you mentioned you had a carpenter, but I mean, I think I can I, I can barely use a drill, but I'm really good. <laughs> I'm really good at project management. I definitely can paint. We all kind of paint painting all kind of colors, speckling all kind of. But how like. What do you bring to the table on your team, the two of you independently? What's your strengths and weaknesses? Well, I can say I do have eye for details, but not hand for details. <laughs> like I definitely <laughs> cannot create things with hands, but I can tell I want this certain detail to be that refined and let's figure it out how that detail can come together. Um, yeah, she's a master at detailing. And like can you give a quick example of those details? Um, you know, like how, how material comes together in the more refined way. You don't feel the hiccups when, you know, the two different materials that come together. That is kind of like the detail that we, like the interior, like a small detail that usually people don't pay attention. But overall, that can, you know, change the quality of the, that design. Just like even if a cabinet doesn't align. Exactly. You know, if you see it from afar, it bothers you. So mm -hmm. now just imagine that tiny little thing everywhere. Like that would be a hundred percent. 
Oh, um, yeah. Either, yeah. And I'm sure sometimes you run into some problems with flooring because everybody's places are unloved. Yeah. That's, a, that's a big issue. And then, you know, hanging paintings, paintings or, um, or um, illustrations or um, installations, rather, or, or and lighting kits onto those brick walls, exposed yeah. brick. I'm sure that's kind of difficult. Right. Um, people have issues with that. But yeah, yeah, those fine details do make a difference. It's like the difference between going into a Four Seasons versus, you know, a motel. I mean, and then there's some hotels that are oh, yeah. beyond that that have that, that pay so much attention to detail that you don't even want to leave. You just yeah. touch the wall. <laughs> we touch every wall. Yes. It's, it's, a, it's, it's horrible. Yeah, it's like a horrible industry curse, honestly. It is. Anything. So speaking of walls, are you ladies doing anything like any custom wallpaper designs? Are you um, using like what kind of are you because you know wallpapers are the, the thing right now? Can you tell us what kind of techniques are that you're using in that space? Um, so we don't have any like uh, currently really hand touched wallpaper options, uh, but we definitely source certain things that we can um, make more personable to the project it's not necessarily what's on trend um and a lot of times too we'll actually source mural based wallpaper and not necessarily just a repetition um i think that you know rep repetitive wallpaper have come a long way but that's also sort of the thing that makes people really dislike wallpaper it's just that repetitive mm -hmm. pattern that you know can't get away from and then for wallpaper i feel like a lot of people don't understand you don't have to do the whole room anymore it's like give me right. an action wall. Right. <laughs> like I don't need to be, you know, I don't need to see this little jungle of lions and tigers and bears right. and monkeys. I mean, it's cute for a bathroom. It's great for a moment, but I need a break from that, especially yeah. right now. So, so what are some of the other trends that you guys are seeing going into fall winter for um, the design? World. Um. So currently, trends are interesting, right? It's. It, horrible to say but it's whatever is trending on pinterest whatever is trending on instagram that's honestly what people kind of latch on to uh but in our industry we really try hard to lean far far away from trends uh, because it's almost diyable at this point um and we want to bring something new to the table but uh realistically i think coming forth to the winter times a lot of more like antique based is coming back so um sort of retro antique are major elements that you're starting to see even you know like uh, uh, at a base level homeowners are understanding and starting to source out more organic forms bases and uh, you know we used to be heavy on the mid-century which had like the beveled edges and then the angled tapered legs and stuff like now everybody's starting to put all of their mid-century modern furniture on facebook market and so you know returning to the uh organic sort of like mm. amoeba shapes now we're going a lot more repetition a lot of checkers um those are sort of like a lot of the trends that are uh, we're starting to see yeah come back into play yeah i did notice a lot of young people they are definitely they're getting into it but like you said before the internet has really offered us an opportunity to really figure out you know that's kind of like the new designers you know for the do for do-it-yourself people but at the same yeah. time, it's like when it comes to like hanging and, and putting up a backsplash and plastering and doing penny towel and mosaics, yeah. no. Yeah. I'm following you guys. <laughs>
So yeah, that, that's we'll call the carpenter. Right. <laughs> well, I'm gonna call you the carpenter. <laughs> so, but it is kind of cool that you mentioned that. I um I noticed that in during the pandemic, I've been doing some interesting stuff like painting skateboards. We've been designing little small things like these mini boards. Oh, yeah. Um, then we've been doing um, and then you put it, in, you know, you have it hung properly. It looks like something. And then you, uh, I see people are. I actually found a marble table outside, and I put new legs on it, and I refinished it with um, a drill, and uh, you know, the, the wiry filer. Um, have you guys done any cool little tricks this season? Oh, I also um, had some glass cut. Oh, had some glass cut. Had some glass. I think I'm all that. I think I'm all that. Oh, yeah, DIY yourself. Look at that. So handy. That's more handy yeah. than guys. And I took a I took a space that was like I don't understand it because you know in New York they have a lot of spaces that you don't understand that's why it's there, but oftentimes that banquet or that corner is there because uh, it's really there because you know it's hiding something like an underground staircase, <laughs> bunker, so, yeah, secret, yeah, like a bunker exactly. So right. what we did what we did is we took some um, pages of the magazine and uh, just threw it underneath a piece of glass and we had a we had a um, I think we use it with tempered glass. So uh, if it does break, it, it'll create that cool little shadow look too. So have you guys been doing some fun things like that? Um, so actually we both recently moved um, and I am not a minimalist. Um, my partner is a big minimalist and her home looks phenomenal. It's so put together and mine just looks like a hoarder's, you know, like no, no way, heaven no for <laughs> But uh, I mean, we're I've I've been trying to do a couple of DIYs throughout, and actually, my partner in life is also an artist, and so we're coming together and we're painting a lot of things. He's doing the mural on the wall, and we're kind of like putting together sort of. Um, it, it's an IKEA cabinet, but it's a it's a naked blonde wood cabinet. So we're painting the grains and detailing it out and changing the knobs and stuff like that. And I'm hoping to get like a like a tinted colored glass panel on top so that that becomes our sort of like wine cabinet. Um, and I'm actually working on DIYing like a feature mirror piece as well. But I mean, the company is just two of us, so I can only do so much <laughs> every day. It's very, very slow projects. Yeah, and a lot of times I think it's so that's awesome that you mentioned that because it's all about being eco-friendly. All this waste is where is it going? We don't have any more land, you know, there's no more any more landfills, and it's like we need to take the IKEA mirrors and take the, those little cheap um, laminate cabinets and try our best to either put some sort of, um, you know, something that has some texture to it. Um, and also some of the IKEA mirrors, they're, they're they're nice in size. I did notice they're not real; they're, they're plastic. <laughs> I didn't know that, but, but I, yeah, I didn't know that. But um, the great thing is, some of those mirrors they they have they, they have really they have some really good um they have really good integrity. So what I did is I took some um, I, I used you know the old sponging, but instead ah, yeah. of yeah, and so when you sponge with the pantina and all that stuff, and then you just mix it with like colors on colors on colors. Once you get past the tenth color of sponging, you start to get an oxidation, oh. <laughs> or what appears to be. Uh, so, that's what I've been wanting to do is sort of like this, get this oxidation on uh, copper, actually. So yeah, I'll be detail. Love. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. So I, what I did is I took like a sea foam color of sea moss, and I kind of used it to go in the corners or where the wood, you know, with the laminate wood, wood mat. But I was like, this is crazy. I'm throwing away that mirror. <laughs> 
You yeah. make it something new. Right, you gotta repurpose it, give it a So, you know, when you add the metallics to it, it'll do that. But yeah, you just add a brown, metallic, and maybe a dark green. And you just go on the corners and you use your fingers for that. And it'll create, it'll create that little... Um, it's very pretty. personal. Like, you're all yeah. over that mirror now. Right. <laughs> so, um, I guess, is there any other um, design techniques you think we could take to our audience members that you guys have learned in the last year and a half in this very... T- you know, fast-paced economy for you. So, I mean, in terms of design uh, skill sets or uh, elements that we try to implement, there's nothing new that we're doing. It's sort of more like slowing down and listening well. Um, And I think a lot of our peer sort of like professionals in the industry, they are so, they're, they're in that mode, you know, it's kind of like a, like you mentioned, it's very fast paced. They're, they have how they function for 10, 20 years and they, it's very hard for them to steer from those elements. And so oftentimes, you know, talking to clients, I notice, you know, a lot of my older um, project managers or uh, creative uh, directors, they go in and they tell the client what they need. Uh, and oftentimes, you know, if you're a professional and you hire or if you're if you're hiring a professional of course you're going to listen to the professional but a lot of times i've noticed that we don't hit the mark for what the client wants when you tell them what they need to have um because you're not taking the time to listen and so for us we really kind of reevaluate the way we were taught to work it's just like mm-hmm. do 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 it's just to like let's slow down let's listen let's understand what they even need um, once they're sometimes a client tell you we need that I need this but realistically what they meant is this you know but you don't know that unless you take the time to understand the problem that they're facing um, and I think through that we've designed we've uh, integrated in our process a way to build a story so that they're it's better digestible for our clients to understand their problem in a soluble manner um, and it's also something that is much more personable for them, for us, and for those who occupy the space. And just like, here's something pretty that you specifically demanded. You know, it's definitely an experience that they'll take from more than just listening to the professional do exactly what the professional says. It's very team building mm-hmm. in that manner. So in terms of design, that's sort of the skill that we've, over the last year and a half, started to realize and implement in our business why it's called listening <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, work, I work with so many uh interior be, you know interior designers or whatever you want to call us um and you just work with them and they just like you said they regurgitate what's going on in the magazines it's like right. i work at a magazine i know what's going on um and then also when it, it depends on its needs it's needs based so when you listen to your clients and like you said if you just listen to them they'll tell you exactly what they want with the story like you say you so you you're, you're learning how to extrapolate from that because the same thing happened to us with one of our team members we're like we want this and this. we want we want to do this and this because like me and you both know we're in a world of like you already know like your walls you know like everybody wants to be everybody wants something to have every like you said every nook and cranny needs to have something different like um especially when you're working in a, when you're in a live workspace or you're always on zoom calls 
yes. you wouldn't be able to right. <laughs> you want to go over to the other area and this area and then I'm like I hate people do this little um, background things they kind of blur it out yeah I'm like I, I stop so um, for, for us I, I did notice too being needs based is interesting and then people are taking a lot of risks now do you feel like a lot of the clients and a lot of people that you that you're working with they're taking some big risks huh um for Houston right <laughs> I mean it's it's not as much as like a, a, a city that might actually need independent marketing and an aesthetic build uh, but I definitely feel like Houston slowly trying to catch up to that trend and so we've seen some clients who are just like you know what let's just okay let's do it your way but it does take a little bit of convincing there's still a lot of trust issues that are there um, and I just want to speak like that is just for Houston our our specific city uh, in general. But I think that overall, across the nation, everybody's trying to take risks because the competition is so high right now. You know, mm -hmm. business is intense. Um, I can't even imagine, you know, starting a business now in New York and trying to be exactly what's already there. You know, you kind of have to be 10 times what's mm -hmm. existing. And so that is a huge risk. Um, yeah, it's just, I mean, like, yeah. Even like the, um, <laughs> I, I like to look at cars. I do a lot of stuff in the auto market too. And knowing the different textures of mohair versus different, there's so many different leathers. You already know. It's like a leatherette. It's like this yeah. leatherette. So the wrong leather, you already know if it's not butter or pecan or smooth or soft or, or lamb or this or that. It's kind of like, or shirling material. It's kind of like, I don't know if I want that in my home. So, <laughs> so it's like, yeah, so, so I, I think a lot of people are taking some huge risks and we're seeing some very creative spaces now, which I'm so excited about. But I think Houston's gonna catch up very soon because a lot of people from LA are moving to Houston. Yes. Yeah, you right now. That expectation, the, for sure. The property value in a, for two bedroom condo in Marino Del Rey in a decent neighborhood is like $900,000. That's ridiculous. You can get oh, a big yeah. property. You can get a backyard in a, in a, in a, in a um, what is it, a castle in some parts of Texas. <laughs> Honestly, you can have a huge three acre land and do whatever. Right. Yeah. So it's like people are like really moving in droves. So I think you guys are going to see a big design, um, uh, you know, a big design gang of people coming down there that love what you do. and. And the best way to just what's the best way to describe what you do because visually because for me when I look at it I just feel like it's a clean crisp space it feels very studious your colors are very um, monochromatic at times but then it gets a little bit like um, earth tones a lot of earth tones um, with pops of fall I feel like I'm in a modern day dean's office sometimes when I see some of your stuff but how would you describe it best? <laughs> Baltic to be a lot. Um, I think for us, we don't do things that are not um, needed in the space. Like, uh, mm -hmm. we don't include random colors that aren't, you know, personal to the brand or something that makes you feel human. Um, and I think that's why there's so much neutral tones or natural tones because those things calm you, those mm -hmm. things are gravitationally um, comfortable. Um, you know, throwing a bunch of really bright colors everywhere is, yes, very attractive, but you can't keep people to retain in the space for very long because at the end of the day, it's it's very jarring. And so I think um, how we design is intentional. Mm -hmm. 
our designs are intentional and things that are included are needed for the space and the story to grow. Yep. And most of the color palettes are, you know, very harmonized. Um, we try to find balance in all the color that we introduce to the projects. Yeah. There's this one thing that we always try to say, but we keep forgetting to include when we need to. So we try to bring the umami to our design. So explain that to people that that may not be, you know, as well versed with Asian culture. <laughs> so, I mean, umami in itself is kind of hard to describe, right? It's like the sixth sense of taste. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's something that people seek out, but you don't really know what it is until you've experienced it. And so it's that uniqueness that we want to bring to the table uh, through our vision, through our concepts, because it's uh, maybe that lacking element to bring everything together. That's awesome. And I did notice a lot of your spaces didn't seem too congested like you said your house could be at times. <laughs> I keep it at my house. I take it from the, the project and I take it home. You know, that's why it's congested. But, but I did like the fact that you guys mentioned that you don't want to just throw pops of color for no reason into a space if it doesn't make any sense. So that, that makes a lot of sense. And then um, so having continuity and being harmonious and, you know, doing things that create a synergy, right? And um, they have really good energy and chi and all that. Um, is there any other things that we didn't touch on that you would like to speak about? Your like your dream job? Oh, she knows. The White House. Please do. Please read you the White House. <laughs> we talk about our dream jobs all the time. Yes. We pray for it. <laughs> what is it? What is that? I want to know. Tell us. Tell well, us. my dream jobs, I mean, I can speak for me, right? It's, um, you know, like a beautiful retreated stay when you can, uh, you can tuck away, you can put away all your stress and you just be there, really zone in the space and experience that, you know, beautiful design. So that definitely is a dream. Uh, my dream space that I would like to design one day is like a boutique hotel by the coast with an accompanying like um, uh, like cafe bakery underneath that is my dream dream space because i love hotel spaces and i love food so that sounds like you know because i think mean, you know i also do a lot of restaurant reviews and hotel reviews so maybe i'll work my way down there <laughs> no i love boutiques too and i love i love better i miss better breakfasts right so, mm -hmm. yeah they're it's very so personal yeah they're so personal and i feel like I feel like one. I feel like once this since it's slowing down, people are getting a little more comfortable with the Airbnb. I feel like I feel like I want to go to a, I want to go to a bed and breakfast that, that's modern and but also has like rustic. Um, Europe is great with that. Europe has the best bed and breakfasts that just make you feel like you're in your grandmother's home. Like every morning, they've handmade like selections of breakfast available. So cute. Anyway, well, that's awesome. So do. Um, I guess you guys touched on everything because you touched on the hospitality aspect of your career. I didn't want to ask boring, uh, uh, you know, clinical questions. You know, how was like going to school? How was you <laughs> like, nobody wants to hear that. So um, I, I wanted to keep it real light and airy. And I think with you guys, it's just a pleasure speaking with you because like you already know the market is probably so like stunned by even meeting you. When you walk through the door, clients are probably like, why, why? <laughs> <laughs> 
Everyone, who are these little kids? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny because our company name is Very Handsome Studio. I know. Nine out of ten people think we're men, and so when we come, they're just like, "What? When are they getting here?" And we're like, "Well, we're here," you know. Speaking of which, I was just about to ask you that because I was like, "Because you know your names are all <laughs> unisex names." Yeah. Like Hans and Ty, you know, it's like yeah. Hans and Ty. It's like it's like you don't know if that's male or female. So I'm not. I know you stunned the heck out of so many people and because your brand is still somewhat new but you guys I mean when I googled it it was like Jesus it's like I just see your name everywhere like you guys are non-stop that's, that's good crazy. that's crazy I can't I can't I can't wait to see what you guys work on next and hopefully your dream project you know we can come down there or we can like you know you guys can get us information and keep us updated on it you know day by day because i think what you guys are doing is really amazing in that in that in the southern region of america particularly you know being two women and in addition you have asian gold like backgrounds it's so cool um so that's awesome so it's great that you guys are um bringing that flavor to this south so yes. I feel like if, any, if anything, you already know. It's, it's I think it's gonna. I think it's, I think you guys are gonna be on the, the forefront of what's gonna happen in the design community. Thank just, you. Just call me. Call me when you get your design awards. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. So thank you, so thank you guys. Woman, that southern cooking, you know. Why? <laughs> right. And thank you guys for coming by, and I appreciate it so much because, like I said before, it's it's, it's you know you guys are a dime a dozen. Oh, one quick question. Do you guys work with any community service organizations that you want to shout out? Or uh, you- right now, no, because we um, don't have the manpower yet, but we're hoping to actually be engaged in a lot of community service uh, opportunities within the next year, uh, once we have more team and team members to uh, upload. Okay. Great. Well, great. So, do, so keep us posted on that. And oh, and can you tell us your social handles so we can have them? Yes, it's a very handsome dot studio, and that's going to be our Instagram and I believe our Facebook as well. Um, LinkedIn is just very handsome studio. Um, I'm really bad at this <laughs> to keep social up with that. <laughs> we'll hire a person soon. So <laughs> yes, we will be more updated. We've learned we're not professional at this. <laughs> and then, um, are you guys going to go on TikTok anytime soon? Uh, we're we'll hoping soon. soon. Yes. You guys should. I feel like it's so responsive, and people like they the, the um, shadow banning is not as um is not as prevalent as it is on some of the other networks. So I feel like you you know you can have a small following. You, you don't even have to use a hashtag. You put stuff out there. I'm like, did I just I just put that on there one minute ago? Two thousand people. <laughs> there you go. Yes, yeah, so blows up so, so quickly. Yeah, and then for you for you two, some of your designs are just breathtaking, like really beautiful. And I was like, those rooms. I was like, wow! It felt very. Um, is that TV show on Netflix, Bridgerton? Bridge. Yes. Yeah. Imagine yeah. some of those spaces. Oh. Yeah. So I was like, that's one of our uh, project concepts. <laughs> oh, see, I saw, I saw it in there. I was like, well, see this, oh. I see that TV show all in these spaces. Very, um, oh, very fantasy driven. Very, um, very, um, what is it? Fantasy novel. Right. <laughs> yes. I- so thank you too so much and feel free to keep in touch. We're at 360 Magazine as well. We'll be following you and we had a great time and you guys, you ladies have a great weekend and enjoy the rest of your afternoon. You too. Thank, thank you, you so much. Very nice to meet you. Great to meet you. You too. TGIF. Bye. 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 Bye.